0: Welcome to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. (laughs) We are now joined by former NHL president, GM, and head coach, and co-host of the Real Kipper at Noon podcast, Doug McLean, Mac, how's it going? Great, great. How are you doing, bud? Uh good, good. Can't complain for a Friday morning here. So uh yeah, we got a, a lot going on here. You know, it I mean an interesting few days coming up. Where do you think things start? Do you think we start seeing some trades here happen over the weekend? You know, it it's
1: always a, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a little slow or not. It, you know, we've got obviously the draft is the is a big thing. So that typically would set it up. I just wonder because nobody knows when we're going to the earliest. And, and if that's the case, we have a little bit of time here. So I don't know if that will affect it or not. I mean, look, uh, there's been some big rumors. I mean, Kip, a real Kipper put out yesterday about, uh, you know, the Senators talking uh, to New York Rangers for the first overall pick. If that happens, then we've got some serious trades going on you yeah. know with brady kachuk's name mixed in there you you wonder why that would why that would even be mentioned but when you think you know how long is brady kachuk uh the family gonna tolerate a, a rebuild in ottawa when you know they I, I think they went there with the intention let's go there and see how it's gonna work let's hope it's gonna turn around uh, we got the flurry situation in vegas that's got to get uh, fixed uh, we've got a ton of teams in my opinion that are in need of right-hand defensemen and many of them canadian teams i mean we've got you know edmonton with a defense uh, problem now we've got winnipeg in my opinion with a right hand problem on their blue line and we got vancouver with the tanf situation up in the air and looks more and more like he could move on so you know we've got a right-handed problem in a lot of cities in canada in particular so how do they how do they fix that right side of their blue line if they're going to contend? And yeah. the, to me, that's the real interesting thing heading into this, uh, this trading bio trading
0: period. Yeah, no, exactly. So do the RFAs, start, when do they start getting qualified? Is that coming up pretty soon here? That just, it just happened. As, you know, I was
1: talking to my son last night and one of his guys was just qualified from uh, Carolina. So, that's in the process, and that that brings up a whole nother kettle of fish because there's some really interesting defensemen uh, that are RFAs that that and you know obviously the the number one guy that uh, everybody's talking about is well he's not an RFA but Ekman Larson I mean we you know he's got a ton of time but Vins done you got Dumba you got uh, Shamless you got Larson you got Zadorov I mean not Larson but uh, I should say Ek. I'm just naming the names that orops and RFA. Yeah. Then you got a guy, a lot of guys that's names are being thrown out there, you know, uh, that have term left. So defense seems to be where it's at this summer. I mean, with UFAs, a ton of them. I mean, just think of the the UFA group: Petroangelo, Tannen, Krug, Brody, Batman Hammerlick, Shattenkirk, Camello, and Dylan. Th- those are those are some high priced R ufas that are out there and then you've got the whole group of rfas that are some of them making too much money some of them with teams that are in turmoil that have got to move people so uh and then you've got the term guys that really have caused some some uh you know like a bit of a storm here especially with ekman larson with seven or so years left and his name out there
0: predominantly out there yeah um, coming back to the orders here, we'll start with them. I guess with that cleft bomb news, how devastating is that if this is going to be a 6 to eight month surgery and it sounds like it could be a shoulder again, um, another co- chronic injury, just how serious is that?
1: Well, look, uh, I, I I thought they were short a number one defenseman to begin with to, to play with cleft bomb. Larson slides to you know wherever, you know whether he, he slides to the second group and all, like, like a nurse bear you like. Then you got Russell Benning and you're just not sure. I mean, Benning is a is a is a five-six guy that lots of teams would find pretty useful in that in that lower area. You know, Russell is just the warrior. He could be, I I suppose, bought out, but there's a there's a real hole there already in their first pairing, as far as I'm concerned. So Clefbaum to me is devastating. And then you throw that with the situation where are they with their goaltending, really, if they're going to contend. Where really are they there? And we know they could use a little more size on the wing. So, you know, uh, it, again, it's, it's, there's a lot of work to be done there by Ken Holland uh, w- before Cleft Bomb's injury uh, came into the news. And that, to me, is that's, look, what team in the league can lose their number one defense? seriously that that is that to me
0: is devastating for the oil right now yeah no exactly do you, do you think the tyson berry or sammy vatnin are are guys that would you know if that you can sign on a free agency if you can move out a russell or a larson
1: well to me vatnin is there and and uh what are you going to pay vatnin i mean he's been injury prone You like how he moves the puck. He's been up and down in his career. And then you do, what's he looking for for money? I mean, if it's Tyson Berry we saw in spurts in Colorado, you're excited. If it's what we saw in Toronto, you're not very excited because he was not very good there. Why wasn't he good there? I don't know. He and Babcock didn't hit it off. It didn't seem to be even remotely close to the right fit where I really thought it would be a good fit. Yeah. So let's throw Tyson Berry in with Drysyle, Connor McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and company there, uh, with their skill. Does that change? Well, he had that skill in Toronto. Uh, does it change there with those big studs? Maybe um, if you got Tyson at the right price and he was in the. You know, I, I I talked to Colorado quite a bit when he was there. I said, "Why am I hearing his name so often? Why is his name out there?" And they kept saying to me. Well, it's not that we don't like him. It's not that we don't like him. He's a good player for us. It's just that we desperately need a number two center. And that's, that's our bait. And that's what they eventually did. Cadre for him. Yeah. I, you like Tyson, Berry? You like what he brings. There's still some question marks this late in his career, which is unfortunate. But, hey, um, with the talent they have up front, with the power play they have, and with Clefbaum out, I mean, who else is there that really fits the bill? you know krug tanf brody i mean shattenkirk i mean it depends if you want to go cheap or you want to go expensive yeah and you want to go term in these turbulent times do you want term on these deals so there's some real questions there uh for ken but to me he's got to get a goaltender he's got to get a number one goaltender for me and if he's going to compete at playoff time and uh and fix his blue line. That, to me, is where it is. He's got the horses to go now up front.
0: Yeah, does, is that getting rid of saying, getting rid of, um, you know, Mikko Koskinen? Do you've got to get rid of him? to, Or can he, he be your backup in five and then maybe you get a Braden Holpe or Corey Crawford?
1: all likelihood, we're going to have a 60-game season. In all likelihood. I mean, I don't know that, but it certainly would be trending that way. So if that's the case, you need an unbelievable backup. So if you can't find the number one guy, you need an unbelievable backup to with Koskinen for me, or you leave Koskinen as a backup. You suck up the money and you bring in, like you talked about, a Hopi. Is there any chance that Markstrom's going to come down the pipe? Well, if Markstrom's coming down the pipe, that may change it, but that's a ton of money with this team. And especially when they got to fix the blue line, but 60 game season, you better have a heck of a one, two punch in goal. And, Teams even found that in the playoffs. I mean, Joshua, we were we were four deep in some teams in their goal in playoffs. So you got to have it in a sixty-game season because you're going to have a ton. You're going to have a tough, tough schedule. Yeah,
0: and there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs regardless if we're playing or not. I, I, yeah, I mean, sorry, totally. If we're like Sixty games or playing eighty-two games, there's going to be tons of back-to-backs. So you need a goaltender. But the oil. Look,
1: you got to say, hey, they're coming off a great season. You really loved what you saw in the regular season. I, you know, Kenny. Kenny's not going to get too carried away with, with the playoffs. He still likes his group there a lot. I mean, when I say fix, I think it means, you know, you've got to tinker and fix a couple of spots. And goaltending in that blue line is, to me, because of Clefbaum. If Clefbaum would have been healthy, you're looking for one guy. All of a sudden, with Clefbaum out, how does that change it? You know what I'm saying? And that, I mean, one guy, if you keep, you know, probably Benning and probably Russell go maybe, but there's some work to do.
0: Yeah. And they got to qualify Benning, right? At around 2 million. And do they have the money to do that? Right. You know, they got to qualify Athens to you. And that's the thing. But are they going to have money to qualify him? Too? That's a scary one.
1: So you're going to lose two of your top five. To me, Athens and CEO. I I don't know. You don't qualify him at that number. You've got to cut a deal with him to come. Does he want to stay in Edmonton? Does he want to rejuvenate his career? Kenny's already gone down the road with contract disputes with this guy from a couple of years ago in Detroit, he doesn't want to go down that road again. So either he cuts a deal with us and it's Athanasio on a reasonable deal or he moves on. I mean, mean, there's no way he's qualified. I'll be shocked if he qualifies him at those numbers.
0: Yeah, I don't see him here. Speaking of, you know, contracts and money, I see some uh, news on Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming out here with, uh, you know, his talking uh, to the team about resigning. Where do you see that number in term coming in at um, if he if he does resign with the Oilers?
1: Well, look, I, I I've always been a fan of Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. I love the fact that he's got the hockey sense to play with the big boys. I, I you know we we've talked. I mean, I remember Hockey Central noon talking over blue in the face to get this guy on the wing in your top six. You know, and get him with either Drysdale or Connor McDavid so he can be. He's smart enough to change his position and do a really good job. We've been saying that for three years. I, I like the fact that he's on the wing most of the time. I like the fact that he's with, with one of these two guys. Whoever he's with, It's all, all of a sudden, it become one of the best lines. He, he's smart enough to play on his own end. I like him. Again, it's going to come back to price point. And, and what's he at? He's at, coming off a deal. He's at six right now. I mean... You go higher than six on, on your number three or four best forward, depending on what becomes of Yamamoto. I mean, I I don't know how you afford that long term in a flat salary cap era. but I, I really, I'm a Newton Hopkins fan.
0: Yeah. If you know you can't resign him, you know, by a week from today, is he a piece that you use in a trade ship?
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess if you're, it depends how Kenny sees the desperation to fix that blue line and That that to me, I mean, is he a chip to find the right defenseman? I think I would look, I think I would look at the UFA situation before I would go there. You know, I would look at what's there that could be available UFA, what could be available RFA before I dangle Nugent Hopkins. I, I, I just, I hate to see guys that you know, a guy that compliments the big boy so well, and he's a quality kid, I guess, I'd I just, I'd be a little nervous on that, to be quite honest. So I would really check out the other areas and depending on what you've got for cap space to work through that. I mean, buyouts, can Kenny find the room to do it all? That's a real challenge for them right now
0: yeah yeah exactly moving on to alex petrangelo here obviously with andy strickland he tweeted out uh, something yesterday about still no update on contract negotiations between him and st louis are you shocked by this that it's been you know we're a week away from free agency and it's been pretty much quiet for the last two weeks almost
1: well i'm not really i'm not really shocked on it i mean look they they offered him sixty-four million dollars, and uh, Real Kipper mentioned that a week or so ago that it was eight times eight. I mean, the the rumor had been around seven to seven-seven that they had offered him, with, and the bonuses were a problem, and so on. uh buyouts were a problem, and then when I saw it at eight times eight, I thought, gee, they 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 can, should be able to get them done at that. But he's looking at nine-two now. So the situation, is we know, Vegas would love to get them. We know they need a right hand defenseman as bad as anybody rumblings about the Leafs. I, I don't know where that goes. They already got, I mean, surely to God, they're not going there, but you know what? So does I, I, I'm a little surprised that he wouldn't get it done in St. Louis. I really am. They got to still have a, a chance to be a contender. He's been there a long time. Eight times eight is pretty good money. I mean, would you move somewhere else for two fifty, three hundred thousand 300,000 a year? I don't, I don't get that. I really don't get that. But he's pissed before about what happened with the getting the other guys done ahead of him. It's bothering him. There's no denying that. So, does he move on? Uh, Doug Doug's not an easy negotiator, Armstrong. He he he's got his heels in. Uh, he still likes his blue line. But Petroangelo is a big hole. And I'm telling you what. Yeah. So where where are the options? Where are people? You got Ekman Larsson out there all of a sudden at huge dollars. And they're they're, they're de- that was in the job interview in Arizona. Like, okay, it was like a fantasy football situation. What can you do for Ekman-Larson? Like, I'm thinking this is a GM's interview, not a fantasy football, uh, uh, you know, party on the weekend. So, you know, uh, where are Vegas gonna get the dollars here when they can't even sort out their Leonard Flurry situation yet? And that better get sorted out of real soon. That is gonna be one to really, really watch here. So, uh, you know. Uh, Petro Angelo, to me, a great asset anywhere. Uh, geez, I mean, he's got to seriously look at St. Louis, but it wouldn't surprise me he'll move on.
0: Yeah, no, same here. It, it's going to be interesting to, to follow everything because there's so much going on. And you talked about this at Real Cooper at Noon on Wednesday. There just, there's just so many names. you got the Jack Eichel name out there. and Yeah. And Johnny Gaudreau's name's out there. Just There's just so many names.
1: Big name, Exactly. I mean, we even heard Hannafin's name out there recently. You know, is he is he out there? I mean, we're talking Ekman Larson now. It seems like it's Vancouver. It looks like the logical place. So all of a sudden, they, they get out of the TANF deal, which they're being, playing hardball with TANF, trying to get him to come in under five so they can afford to do it. Obviously, uh, TANF's looking for a bigger payday than that. What's he at four six something now? I mean, they'd like him to come in at the same number to keep him, but if not, uh, do they do they move? Do they go buy Vertanen? Apparently, there's lots of interest in Vertanen, which kind of surprises me. But people, you know, I mean, people are looking at him. My guess is a third liner that's had that scored some goals. So if they move those two, is there any way they could bring in an Ekman-Larsson? I I am a little surprised by that. I mean, they need somebody to play with you. Tanev was so good there. But if they can't get him signed, you got to look another direction. So there's so many big names out there that it is really like we talk Eichel. Kippy brought that up a month and a half ago that Eichel was being mentioned out there. We know there's turmoil there in Buffalo. Uh, What is the turmoil? I talked to a guy last night. He told me they have six scouts on their staff. They're preparing for the draft with six scouts, all video scouting. I don't have a problem with video scouting, but six scouts on their entire staff right now. So there's some real turmoil there. Kevin Adams is trying to get a grip on what's going on, but it's a a frightening situation uh, from ownership on down in Buffalo. So what really happens? What's really going on there? Um, So, yeah, when has there been a year with so many big names?
0: Yeah, with this cap and there's – it's just crazy. I, do you yeah. think Michael gets moved here before Wednesday or do you think he gets moved on the weekend or just stick it through?
1: To me, the only place Michael goes is uh, is the New York Rangers. That, that's the only place he goes. And, and I, I, you know, I think Kippy talked about it yesterday, you know, on his show. I, I mean, I can't believe it'll be anywhere else because at that age, at that age, and where he's ready to go in his career, if he's with a better team, I mean, does that... Does that take the first overall pick to make that happen? I mean, what what's the price for Eichel right now? Seriously, what's the price for an Eichel? What's the price for an Austin Matthews? What's the price for those guys? It's over the top, you know. So to me, it, it's the the Rangers or it's or it's not happening for from. And I mean, again, it's still a long shot that an Eichel moves for me. Those are like those are tough deals to make. I remember phone in Boston about Joe Thornton. You know, in, the, in my day, I mean, because I had watched him play with Nash in Europe the day before, and I thought, geez, if I could ever get Joe Thornton. Yeah. And, you know, they, they hardly talked to me. And all of a sudden, they moved to Vegas in a brutal deal. I was so pissed off. But anyway, uh, you know, the, those big deals are, are really a handful to make.
0: Yeah, Oh, they are. With all these big names out there, you got to throw in all, the, all these kind of big core top guys that just want to cup with Tampa Bay. And what is Julian are going to do? Where, where do you think this, that, that lies? Like this guy, obviously he's probably not sleeping now because there's so many moves to make. Well, you know, he, he
1: said yesterday he can get it done without, uh, without, you know, buying out guys or moving. Out. I'm thinking just a minute, Sorella, well, what's he getting? I mean, he's coming off an entry level with the, the production he has. He was, I don't know. What was he fifth in the sulky award this year in the voting? Yeah. I mean, I, Sergachev, how does he get those two guys done before you move into some other guys? I mean, you still got the big defenseman that he's got to get signed, who will be a cheaper signing. But, uh, you know, to me, uh, Sergachev and Sorella alone, there's a little over six, five or six million in cap space. It doesn't make sense how, he, how he's going to get this done. But you know what? I mean, he'll move in a, a foot or an Alex Green will slide in as a young defenseman. Uh, that'll come in in a low number. Alex Green coming out of Cornell, a right shot defenseman that could slide in there. Or the Foot, uh, Foot's kid could slide in there in that number six spot. I mean, does that cheap, you know, help him a little bit? Yeah, it helps him on maybe on the back end. But Sorella, I mean, to me, I don't know how you get this done with Tyler Johnson still there. I, I just don't get how you can get it done. Gord is one thing. They, Gord was too good for me to the way he played to let Gord go. Sorella's too good to let him go. Tyler Johnson to me is the logical guy at five and a half million that he, he slides out of there and you bring in a couple of kids to, to fill in some bottom spots. But what does Sergachev get? I mean, where does his number start? You know, the way he's coming on is that he's going to be a number, you know, probably their number, he's going to be their number two, three guy after Hedman McDonough and him. So that's a lot of money there. So it'll be fun to watch it. Big deals for the, you know, to, to, fit in the cash is one thing. And you, you mentioned Goudreau, like where, where, where do you trade Johnny Goudreau? Like, where does this guy go? I mean, we love Johnny Goudreau. We love what he brings to the table, but wh- where do you trade him and get equal va- get good value in return? I, I not an easy one, you
0: know? No, it's not. And you know, the missing curfew podcast with Shane O'Brien and Scotty Upshaw and Jimmy Hayes, they had brought up, Johnny Goodrow going to Philadelphia for uh, Voracek and Shane Gossespare. So I don't even know if that's a fit. I don't know if Brad Tree Living will even want to do something like that. Obviously, Gossasper has been a healthy scratch. He had that one good year, and it's kind of been a, a roller coaster of a season for him, right? So
1: I mean the last guy they need is
0: Gostaspare.
1: I mean, I you know, I like Gostasbere. He's a Coral Springs Florida kid. He came up through the system in, in Florida when you know, as as a youngster, but he's the last thing Calgary need right now. It's spirit. Voracek, I mean, my guys drafted him in Columbus seventh overall. He was a stud in Halifax. I mean, I remember that draft, and and I got dra- fired, you know, a couple of weeks before that draft. And our two guys, our our decision at that table that year was going to be Voracek versus McDonough. That was going to be the decision at the draft table that year. And obviously, Columbus took Voracek, and uh, he's been a good player, but. Well, Philly, Philly, I guess could use the scoring of the way some of their big guys have slid. I guess you've got Hayes there that makes the connection. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that sort of makes sense, but it's yeah. not an easy one to make happen.
0: No. How do you see the Calgary Flames shaping up their back end? Obviously, it seems like they might lose Brody and Hamidic here. Where do you see that uh, that blue line shaping up here?
1: Well, the problem with their blue line for me is that. You know, in tender, they they commented about their group, and I gotta say, I, I like I like their forward group, other than the fact that the Goudreau, Monahan, Lynn line didn't get it done when it really mattered the last couple of years. That that really scares you, but they're really good players. To me, Kachuk has got to move up and become the guy. That's why the Goudreau thing might make sense. So I, I don't mind their forward group. I really don't mind their forward group. If they, you know, if they exchange a good role for a more of a playoff style type guy, my problem is they've got Giordano at 38 years of age, Norris Trophy winner at 37. God bless him. He's been a horse. He's been an unbelievable guy for this franchise. But we saw it in the playoffs this year more than any year, Josh. and we see it every year, the big stud blue liner is one of the big reasons teams. Advance whether it's Seth Jones almost getting it done for Columbus, Hedman, Heiskanen, on a clef, uh, you know Klingberg, it's on and on with the big even in, even the Pelic in, in Islanders gave them a chance, you know that, you know the the big guy on the back end. So I look at their back end and I said, who's the big guy? Jordano's there at this stage in his franchise. He needs some big time help on that right side. Can Rasmus Anderson be that guy? I think they're thinking that and I'm not sure that's where it's going to, that it's going to work. And then you go after that, you got Hannafin who I'm in and out on Hannafin, Sorry. Um, You know, so, and after that, Dalimaki is there who's out all year with an injury is a good prospect. They like him a lot. And then after that, you're into, you know, where are you after that? So that blue line uh, needs some work. There's no denying that. Yeah. I mean, Gustafson and Forbear, they were fine, but they're up. So, You know, uh, they got, what, five guys unrestricted in that back end. But to me, it's who's going to play the right side. If Anderson does it, then who's going to play in the second pairing with Hannafin?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know and I don't know if he gets a Barry or he's looking for more of a shutdown. That's right.
1: Everybody, uh, Bear, Bear, you got Barry going. Every
0: you got Barry going to all your favorite teams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he was <laughs> on my favorite team, but I wanted I'm all, I'm a league back. So uh, I live in Edmonton here. But uh, to come back to him, like I just, I thought there with him, there's just not a lot of aggressiveness with him. Like, and I don't think he ever would ever bring he yeah. that anyways, probably Colorado, but um, yeah. you know, I and mean, we'll see what happens with him going forward here. But uh, do you think it's, it was, are you shocked with this new CBA that got rectified here that we didn't see terms of deals be brought down to five years instead of the eight years? And obviously the seven years, like, where are you at with that? Cause like, I think the biggest thing with Angel trying the sign is he wants that eighth year. And I wonder if at some point here in the near future, we might transition where the, the max is, is five years. Like it is, I think in the NBA.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that we'll continue to see that. I mean, look, I'll never forget when we did the, previous cba and when we said the guys went from 31 years of age unrestricted to 27 and i, I remember phoning bettman the day i'm saying gary you're not you're not serious you 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 just did this and i'm and i'm sitting with nash with a year left on his deal and he's going to walk as an unrestored not a year left but he was i had to get him done on a long-term deal overnight situation because age coming off his entry level can it go to five years look the cba still bothers me a little bit. I. Everybody was up against it because of the pandemic. And I thought to myself, finally, the PA have leverage here. They've got leverage right now. The league desperately wants to play. The players, I guess, needed to play to pick up the $600 that they split with the owners or whatever they ended up getting. But would it have mattered if they didn't get it done till now? Like right now, if they're negotiating a CBA... Would they not, you know, and I'm hearing there's some owners that are that are in a desperate situation cash flow wise. I don't care how rich you are, cash flow is what it's all about. And I don't see a lot of cash flow coming in here. Yeah. And when there's no cash flow, even rich people struggle. So I guess is it the timing of the CBA? Could they have waited? it? I guess it was pressure to get it done. And I don't know that. I don't know that the five-year was even discussed. I've never heard that it was discussed. I mean, they were so desperate to get, you know, fixed uh, escrow. They were so desperate to, to get something done here. You know, I, I don't blame them for doing it. I wonder Where would it be if we're sitting right now? Well, the players would be, I guess, panicking because we don't know if we're going to play till January. But right now, they're staring at 28% decrease in their salaries this year. Off the top, and that's what if they don't play? I mean, they they could get a hell of a lot less than seventy-two percent of their salary, or I should say, a twenty-eight percent deduction. If if we don't play, where where what are they going to get? And again, how desperate would the owners be right now without cash flow?
0: Yeah, I don't know. No, and it's true, and that's kind of what comes into this factor with free agency opening in a week from today, where it's like is are we going to see a lot of these signings or like everyone's talking about it's going to be so busy but you know is it just going to be two-year deals three-year deals uh everyone says you know kind of the you know guys around the, the game kind of think well the big guys are still going to get paid and you know the middle guys will maybe get squeezed out they're they're you know they're telling me that negotiations are really tough right
1: now you know their teams are battling hard to try to keep their to keep their numbers, you know, in order because they're scared of this, of the flat cap and where it's really going and and what's ahead here. So it won't surprise me. I mean, other than a very few guys, we'll see the term and the big dollars, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough negotiations for a lot of people. We know the big guys always seem to get their money and, and, you know, because everybody's desperate to win the Stanley cup. But I I think negotiations are going to be really, really tough, and people are a little bit nervous of it. So do the general managers have better leverage? i got to believe they do, unless it's a a guy that can be a difference maker. They'll get their money. They'll get their money.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you think guys like Luke Shen and and those category players, do you think uh, they might get picked up quicker than than sooner on, on October 1st? You know, like Alexander Petrovich, Luke Shen, um, you know, Patrick Maroon type guys. Do you think they're going to have to wait a while or do you think those guys yeah, are be rubbed up soon? I
1: think they'll wait. I think they'll be a little later on. And I think the, the decision is going to be with teams is saying, okay, where do we go with our 6-7 defense spot? Where do we go with that position? Do we go with a Shen? Do we go with a, the, young, the guys you just mentioned that have got good experience Good guys, quality guys can give you minutes. Or do we take a kid? Do we put a young guy on the lineup that's that that can help us become that will become a real player? Like I just mentioned, the, the perfect situation is Tampa Bay. I know they've got their two big prospects in Alex Green and Foot. Uh, Foot's going into a third-year pro. I mean, they've got to either find out if this guy's going to be a player or not—a first-round pick. Alex Green, coming out of Cornell, has a chance to be six foot three skater, a puck mover. So the decision will be, do we leave those guys in Syracuse or do we give a Shen another chance? You know, they're going to get minimum dollars. That's the, that's the bonus for them. They're, they're going to come in cheap. They've got good experience. They're quality guys. I see there being a decent market for those guys unless better guys slide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. As guys that are making $2 million, slide down and become those 700 800 thousand dollar guys that's where they run into problems what is the slide what happens on the slide here with guys not getting jobs and what are the what where do their salaries fit in that's the challenge for them kids and also guys that slide down
0: with uh with these goalies coming up where do you see it looks like we might have 14 goaltenders being in 14 different cities here. That market looks crazy, like you talked earlier about the, the defensemen. We're a week away, and Leonard hasn't signed yet. I know we kind of talked about it a bit on the podcast here, but are you shocked that they're not signed yet, yet or do you expect Fleur to be bought out soon?
1: I, I Look, I don't know, and Leonard, I mean, uh, Nick says it's a five-year deal that's in the drawer. Um, what happens to things in the drawer uh, who knows what happens to things in the drawer? And yeah. they're not supposed to be in the drawer. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. So Nick yeah. had said it was in the drawer. Uh, we'll see there. Things are not rosy in Vegas. Don't don't anybody ever tell you they're rosy in Vegas. You got an owner there that that that's not happy, not happy at all. And it wouldn't surprise. And and Flurry is so with everything that's going on. Who is going to give Fleury $14 million? I, I, we all love the, who is going to pay Fleury the $14 million or how much will Vegas keep? I mean, with a no trade, what, 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 are, what, are, what do they do here? Fleury has come out and handled it beautifully. I love Vegas. I want to retire in Vegas. And he knows they got potentially $12 million tied up in their gold tenning. This is a touchy situation there. Uh, before they think they can improve their blue line, they got to fix that situation. So what happens with Leonard? That will be the interesting one. And I I don't know who hits the market. Fleury? Or does Leonard hit the market? Yeah. What happens there? But And there's so many guys. I mean, we've got the Holpies out there. I mean, we've got Markstrom we don't know about yet. I mean, there, there are some big-name guys that could could change franchises. You know, if, if somebody lands a Hopi and he's, you know, in the right frame of mind and he's the pro that he is or somebody that lands Markstrom, some of these teams we've talked about uh, could become Stanley Cup contenders with that change in goal. And then you've got the whole backup group out there, you know, whether it's Craig Anderson or, you know, Lundqvist or who's, who's out there that could be real good backups. But you're like, you're right. There's a ton of guys on the marketplace. So I think the flurry one, Leonard is going to have to unfold and then we go and Markstrom and then we'll see where other guys slide.
0: Yeah. Do you think obviously with with Markstrom here, do you think that really Vancouver really needs to get him going here and get him signed? Because all that, you know, experience that they got in the playoffs here, I, I don't know if Patrick Demko is ready for, for the next step to be a starter next year. I think he can be, but I just don't know if he's ready for it this next coming season.
1: I mean, the the bottom line is you, you've got to, you, you try to get Markstrom done for me. I mean, you have got a team that's on the cusp of being a good young team and you're going to take their number one goaltender from that group. I I don't see, I don't see how they can logically do that without getting Markstrom done. But I think they've also got to be set up that they're working a deal with Seattle that, they're going to leave, whether they, whether it's with Tana or whether it's with Markstrom or Demko, they've got to have a deal in place that they know they're losing one or the other a year from now. Either they're losing Tana on the back end with his dollars or they're losing a Markstrom or a Demko off the goaltending contract so that they can be set up. So the worst case is they got dollars tied up. They could lose potentially one of the defensemen or the goaltender before the big kids come up on the marketplace in Hughes and Pedersen. That's, I mean, to me, you've got to try to cut a deal with Seattle if that's possible. Easy for us to say.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and and, and I think Jim Benny's done a great job with this organization, you know, but he's got some of these Jay Beagles and Brandon Sutter deals that... Uh, he might have to move on from I think those guys are serviceable forwards, you know. I think they those guys can get the job done.
1: Not a, but not at $3.5 That's the problem.
0: And that's it, right? It's just that dollar figure really handcuffs you. You got Louis Erickson, and I don't think they're going to buy him out. You know, that's just another one that really hurts them. And then they got Pedersen and Hughes. They got to resign next yeah. year. So, um, sticking with the Canadian teams, Montreal here. Obviously, Bergevin coming out the other day talking about he's Shopping his first pick and he wants to get a top six forward. Um, How active do you think they are? Obviously they got so many draft picks, but you just can't draft all these picks and then expect.
1: Well, look, their, their blue line looks pretty solid now. I mean, uh, you know, with the way that Weber's continued to play and with the way Petrie's played. And I mean, the, the kid they pick up obviously from, from Winnipeg is Sherrod has been a huge surprise. I mean, he's playing with Weber, but still, so, you know, Edmondson comes in, he slides down. I, I didn't like his numbers either for where he's going to be in their lineup, but at least it gives them good depth and they've done a good, good job with Allen. So to me, they got a great group of third and fourth liners. I know Suzuki is going to be a number one. I know Kokaniemi is probably going to be a great number two. And Dan O, everybody likes Dan O. But what happens if Suzuki or Kokoniemi stumble? I mean, they had a great series in the playoffs. They had a great series against Philadelphia. They had a good series against Pittsburgh. They look like they're going to be real players. But how do you put those guys in the one-two spot, you know, and not think they're going to stumble? I, I don't see them with the number one left winger. Tatar, you like, but I don't have Tatar as the number one guy. I love Gallagher, but I've got Gallagher as a number two guy. So so who's their first line? That 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 to me is the number one question in Montreal. And I'm still not in love with some guys at the bottom of their lineup. So size on the wings, critical as it was in the past, probably not. But I still think they're missing two to three, two number one forwards if you believe Suzuki can be your number one guy. I love Suzuki. I love Kokoniemi now. Now I do. Yeah. But they're gonna have a tough year next year when they're going head to head every night against the big guys. And they're gonna need some they're gonna need some patience and they're gonna need some support and they're gonna need some help. And, and you know, Dan O you you, you love Dano, but to me, he's a two and a half number two and maybe a excellent three, but they are for me.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they try to get like Paul Stashney out of Vegas, if that's a player that they try to go after to address a need or if that just cap it's too high for them to even take on Jeez. I I can't imagine them going after Paul
1: Stastny I, you know I talked to Jorge Galant the other day you know, and I said like what about Stastny I mean he's got 6-5 on one more year I honest to God I didn't like the Stastny pickup I told Jorge that too, a couple of years ago I said I think he slows your group down you've got a fast team you go to the finals with a fast team Stastny comes in yeah he makes plays yeah he does some good things but I didn't like the way he slowed their group down. That doesn't—that doesn't mean Stacy's not a good player. He is no, a good no, no, player. Oh no, but no, it's we, the right team.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. All right, we'll finish up on the Leafs here. Just a couple of questions there. Um, do you think the Leafs go after go after Travis Hamonic here in free agency, or do you think he just it, all the signs pointing that he's going to sign in Winnipeg? In, in
1: I I think Winnipeg is a more logical place for him. I you know I saw the little bit of talk on that. To me that makes more sense for hammonick uh you know i I think the pressure in Toronto I, if i'm him i'm I'm signing in Winnipeg that's what i'm doing you know and, and i you know what I, I know what you're saying I mean I look at their I think they need Toronto need two top four defensemen I know he was number four in Calgary at this stage in Hammonick's career is he, is he a perfect five probably a perfect five you know I, can he be a four? Sure, he can be a four. And he's going to have to be a four at times, you know, and, uh, during the next season. But the Leafs, in my opinion, need definitely two top four. I mean, if if Riley's your number, you know, one, one half, one, two, you need somebody with Riley. And you definitely need someone with Muzzin or Dermott, one or the other. And I mean, you like Muzzin, you like everything he brings to the table. He's a, he's a character winner, I, you know, you like Muzzin, but they, in my opinion, need two top four defensemen, and they need two right shot defensemen, so uh, you know, uh, Kyle's got his work cut out for him to fill those holes, and that's before he starts to work on his forward group that really
0: needs some massaging, for me. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think going after Petrangelo is the right move, like you know, they just already got so much money tied up up, up front, I just don't know how they do that, and And if it's even the right right move to make, I don't know where you come out on that.
1: Well, look, Kippy, I
0: hate to keep bringing up
1: Kippy's name and giving him credit, but geez, it's hard in the head to do that. But, (laughs) you know, when we were talking Leafs, he said like, signing of John Tavares as great a coup as it was, I guess, it has put them in a situation where it's cost them a ton of money because Matthews and Marner, would have signed for a lot less in all likelihood if Tavares wasn't there. If they didn't have that 11 million, where would they be as a franchise? You know, in Nylander, we wouldn't be hearing the Nylander talk. We'd be saying, oh, geez, we love Nylander at 30 goals in a shortened season. And we you know, but now all of a sudden, Matthews probably should be the captain. He should be the guy. He's there for a long time. You know, so it's as good a coup as it was. Um, I don't know. It's really caused some, because they haven't been able to get over the hump. If they would have won a couple of rounds, we wouldn't be talking about this, Josh. We we wouldn't even be talking about this.
0: No, oh, I know. But it's
1: still, it's still there, you know. So, you know, I don't know how they fix it. I, I don't know. Nylander's probably a reasonably easy guy to move. I hear Columbus would love to get him or line A. Uh, that seems to be the word out there, um, but it's not an easy thing to fix. And I hate their third line. I'm sorry we saw we saw third line. What a, what a, what Gord and Goudreau and Coleman did in Tampa. What even what even the Cogliano faxa uh, you know Como line did for Dallas. Getting them, that third line is so damn important at playoff time. And I'm sorry, foot company prototypical third line for me Kerfoot's a good little guy Maybe he's a good player at three five for three more years Johansson at Johansson at three four at three more years I'm sorry I, I just I can't buy that third line to match up It's playoff time so there's some work to be done there
0: yeah no exactly
1: we haven't even got to Freddie yet
0: no, I know. I don't even know where to go with there because it's like it was a hot time. My
1: advice, you know what? I think you as a hockey guy should maybe consider moving your alliances west.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I like the Flames. I got to know have. <laughs> Edmonton, I just can't cheer for. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> when, I knew you, when I knew
1: you early on, you were a big Panther fan.
0: Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. No, we uh, definitely were. And that, that uh, good old Bob Boone put me put a sour taste in my mouth on there. So, <laughs> um, you know, and then obviously, yeah, we talked about that. And not even just Bob Boothner, obviously. I don't, we're not whatever it's just I just didn't like the way they did it they did Turk in there and obviously he's your boy and um I got a lot of respect for him and Petro says that's the best coach he's ever had too and it's just they had a good thing going on there I don't know I don't know what Bill Zito can do it's going to be tough situation in Florida well
1: I I heard yesterday they're going after Petrangelo. That was out there. I'm thinking, oh, my God, please, give me a break here. Give me a break. But, <laughs> I don't, I don't. like, serious. What are they going to do, trade Quenville for him? Give I, up Quenville for him? Like, what are they going to do here? Like, good God, it never ends. But, anyway, look, I, I hope it works out for
0: you them, you know. Anymore. So, I can't give up Cole yeah. Xavier. That was a good clip you and Kipper had on Xavier's last name
1: there.
0: <laughs> I felt terrible about that because uh-huh. I know
1: the name. Yeah. I know it inside out, but we're throwing so damn many names around. And then I'm like, oh, Jesus. But anyway, look, there's some, you know, like, and look, the Leafs, you know, even if they don't do very much, they're still a pretty good team. Come on. I mean, yeah. the firepower they have. Where's, where's Keith going to be as a coach really with a full year? I mean, where, where, you know, where really are they going to be? I mean, look, we say fix this, fix that. But when you're a GM, I, I love it now that I'm not, I say, well, Calgary need this and Edmonton need this. And I can just imagine Kenny listening, saying, holy Jesus, listen to this. Listen to this. How easy, it is not easy to fix Okay, they need a number one and number two right hand defenseman. I can just hear the boys saying, Are you kidding me? Like, where the hell are we going to find these guys? Exactly. You
0: know? Yeah. Absolutely. So
1: everybody can't get these guys that are the few guys that are out there, and to fix it is a lot tougher. So, what probably is going to happen with all these teams we talk about? They try to plug a couple of holes and hope that their guys find and they believe in their guys and hope they can get it done because. We want to remake every team, and I'm sorry, it ain't possible.
0: No, no, it is not. We can all you know. play armchair GM, but we could
1: BS about it and
0: have fun with it. You no, know and that, exactly. So, and, and people like that. So it's uh all right. I guess we'll finish up on that. We appreciate you coming back on. You know, you're a no beauty, problem, bud. So I <laughs> like with you and Kipper. I like how you go at them and all that's fun. You guys got a good show going on there, so. Yeah, I, I would thought I was retired, and I, now I got to come out of retirement to help this guy. Like
1: seriously, give me a friggin' break! But anyway, I'm doing three days a week with Real Kipper Noon, and you know what? It's been it's been kind of fun. I mean, the the problem is, I got to watch the damn games now. You know, so sin, since since he come back playing, I've been watching like, and I'm sitting there at quarter to twelve in PEI, turning on a damn game, saying like, "What the hell am I doing?" No. Wife's mad at me. Every and you know, also. Anyway, it's been fun, real Kipper. Uh, Kipper's a great guy and, you know, he's a hockey guy and it's kind of, we have fun. But anyway, uh, look, anytime, bud, don't uh, don't feel, uh, you know, if you need, to, if you're stuck and you need somebody, give me a call anytime.
0: Okay, perfect. Take care. Okay, man. Have a good day. Okay, good luck. <laughs>
1: This segment was brought to you by award-winning Pete's Concrete, where we pour sidewalks, driveways, patios, or we can build you a beautiful retaining wall with proper drainage. These can be done in a broom finish, exposed aggregate, stamp impression, Also, we offer urethane injection to protect your foundation from leaking. Built to last. Pete's Concrete, 780-940-3784.
0: The Two Months Podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket company where you can get tickets for any kind of shows, concerts, theater, or sporting events. If you need any kind of tickets, SeatGeek is there to help you and 100% guaranteed use promo code too much to get $20 off your purchase